Are you in need of personal training after a couple of years of lockdowns? Are you an athlete ready to take that next step in your high performance career? Or are you in the market for an injury prevention, prehab and rehab expert? Well, Piota Health and Performance has you covered. About you, for you, with you. Piota Health and Performance is your Melbourne-based personal training and high performance company. Servicing the Western, Eastern and Northern suburbs, Piota Health and Performance is NDIS registered, university degree qualified and ready to take you on your journey to a better you. Contact Dan and the team to commence your health and performance journey with Piota today. Go to their Instagram at underscore Piota, that's at underscore P-I-O-D-A, or email them at trainmeatpiota.com.au, or you can call Dan on 0402-978-275. That's 0402-978-275. Piota Health and Performance, about you, for you, with you. Good, Matt. Talk to me. What's going on? How's your week? How's my week? Fuck. How's this? Started the trip with full-on food poisoning. Yeah, I heard. Your mum told me. Day one. Got it from from uh, the airport food in Melbourne. Not even in Singapore. In Melbourne. In Melbourne. I'm not surprised, man. They're Ate struggling real... in airports, man. They're just feeding you whatever. Ate a really dodgy butter chicken, man. Went straight through you? Straight through. Fuck. I thought I was going to die. How good's butter chicken, but? It was unbelievable. When I ate it, it was unbelievable. Not yeah. not the aftermath. That was terrible. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Almost Blues Brothers podcast, episode number 74, part of the Blue Broad Podcast Network and brought to you by Piotr Health and Performance. Well, we had a we had a week off last week because Jules and Dan don't know how to they don't know how to record or edit a show. So I was I was away for the uh for the week. We had the week off, well, we're back. It's how all about you? just sticking in your lane, you know what I mean? You just do what you're good at and you stay there. Well, in in yours and Dan's lane, I don't know, I don't know what it's filled with, bloke, to be honest, other than just rocking up. At this point, and that's all we need to do. It's true. It's actually true. But anyway, we had a week off. We actually needed a week off. It's been a, been a long season. It was good, good to refresh. I was away. Jules and Dan were here. Uh, Dan isn't here today. It's just me and Jules. Dan's busy. He's a busy man. It's not often that he bins this podcast. I don't think he's ever done it. Actually, I think he's the first time. So he is he is very busy. But you got me and Jules today. We've got a couple of guests joining us as well. Jules, before we get cracking, how you been, man? Good to see you. Good, well, not see ya. See you through the tech world. Um, we're doing obviously this um, <laughs> a video, um, but yeah, it's um, been a pretty busy week to be honest with you. A few things been happening. Um, been living it a little bit, living it up a little bit. But um, I heard you've um, you ducked out to Singapore, Joe. Heard you had a good say, time. You've, if, if, you've been, if you've been living it up, I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, it was in in. Uh, it was it was it was a, it was a good week. The uh, the my partner Gab, she surprised us with a, a little trip away. We haven't been away for a while, so it's good to get away. And uh, yeah, went to the Singapore Grand Prix. It was uh, it was a great experience, and uh, yeah. that's it. Now we're back to reality, which sucks. Yeah, was someone say you had a bit of a spokesperson role at the GP? A what? Like a little spokesperson role at the GP. Uh, 
No. Well, we we released a few reels. It wasn't really a spokesperson role. I just sort of documented the trip. I thought I thought we'd just do something different for the listeners. You know, it's been a long year of footy, especially as a Carlton supporter. So I thought, why not take the opportunity? Was show show everyone what the Grand Prix is all about in Singapore, and uh, that was it. How did listeners take it? Because I don't know. If you're listening and 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 you liked it, shoot us a message. It's uh, you know just let us know if you like the different content or if you just want us to like Jules said, stick in our lane. We can stick in our lane, no problem. I've got plenty of Carlton content coming. That's fine. Uh, I don't really care to be honest. The, no, was, it was uh, it was good, good experience. Nah, nah, it's all good. Um, but what what would you say is was your main highlight there, Joe? Because obviously I've been to a few GPS or we've been to a few GPS over the course of you know our journey. Um, Melbourne GP. Um, but in Singapore, it's a different environment over there. Are you talking for the Grand Prix or are you talking to Singapore in general? No, nah, Grand Prix in particular. Uh, they do. So I think the on-track, for anyone that has been to the F1 in Melbourne and is an F1 fan, the on-track entertainment in Melbourne is much, much better than the on-track entertainment anywhere else. We've got the Carrera Cup, the Porsches that go around, we've got the, the supercars, um, even like the the jets and the demonstrations on track with the old F1 V12s that come around and, and all that sort of thing, they don't they don't really do anything other than other than the Formula Two, the Ladies Series, and the F1 in Singapore. So okay. the on track wow. entertainment's not it's not that great. The off track is sensational, so much better than what we do here. Now the acts that we had weren't that weren't crash hot compared to previous years, but they've had the Red Hot Chili Peppers headline in Singapore two years ago. Okay, we got. Marshmallow on the first night, DJ. You know the bucketheads. Pascal's, Pascal's mar- marshmallows. <laughs> Second night we had uh, black eyed peas. There you go. Oh, yeah. Right. Where is go. the love? They didn't even play that. They didn't play their old stuff. It was all new stuff. Just rubbish. Oh, and then the third night we had the kid Leroy, who was actually not bad. I don't listen to him, but he, Aussie kid. He was. He actually wasn't too bad. And to finish, absolutely. Treat Green Day, oof, and you know what? Actually, unreal. Yeah, I one of their songs um was Dan and I's graduation song. Yeah, good, uh, good riddance. Time of your life. Yeah, good riddance. Yeah, that's. Yeah, the I one. think that was everyone's great graduation six, song. Great, great six graduation song. Ah, <laughs> oh, how time. So, been. so I, I think the highlight, other than the race itself, which was unbelievable, wet race. Uh, mm. the off track entertainment was very good. Very, okay. very good. Um, and as a whole, <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's like, a lot I'm to do there. Oh, but we actually haven't had a chat about this yet. Oh, it's true. I we haven't. We actually haven't seen each other since I've been back. I got back yesterday. Uh, for anyone that wants a week holiday, if you rather than doing Bali or Thailand, go spend a week in Singapore. There's there's a lot. There's a lot there. A lot of culture. It's your type of city, Jules. We're okay. gonna take a lot of photos. Amateur photographer, amateur photographers like you. Yeah, I mean, I try my best. So, Instagram know, a range, spots, a range of different things. Instagram spots and all that sort of stuff. Okay, fair enough. Which you're not all that about. I post much. I, no, I just like taking photos. You know how I am. Man. <laughs> that <laughs> I was don't good. Really it, do it on a day-to-day basis, but when I'm away, I don't mind it. You know. It was a good trip. It was a good trip, and I do recommend it for anyone, any of the listeners that are listening and listen to the last five. If, if you're still with us after that five minutes. Congratulations for making it through. If, you, if you're looking for a place to get away for a week, go to Singapore. Before we get into it, as you always do, just want to thank the listeners, obviously. If you're an OG, welcome back. If you're new, welcome. If you haven't already, go follow us on Instagram at Almost Blues Brothers. 
there is a link tree in our bio on the Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter as well at Almost Blues Bros. If you haven't already, hit that five stars uh, on whatever listening platform you're currently listening on and subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated. Now, we said off the top, uh, we've got a couple of guests joining us today. First half of the show, we are going to have Mr. John O'Brook from the Inner Sanctum join us to talk about his thoughts on the Carlton season that was, talk trades, a bit of a recap from week one of trade week and what he's hearing for the last couple of days leading into trade deadline. And in the second half, we've got Mr. Paul Sebastiani, uh, the new host of SEN Overnights, joining us as well. Podcast favorite, a podcast, uh, what's the word? Special son. Well, I wouldn't say special son, but he's he's a, he's a regular. That's the word I'm looking for, a podcast regular. Uh, we'll have him on for the second half as well to get his thoughts on the season that was uh, and just a few other tidbits. So, Jules. Without any further ado, let's get into it. All right, and here he is, Mr. John O'Baruch. How are you, mate? I'm going well, boys. It's great to be back with you, boys. It's been a while. It is. It's good to have you. What, what's what, uh, the the uh, the listeners can't see this, but you've got like a green and gold jumper on. What's what's all this about? It's like you're going <laughs> off to the Olympics, mate. Um, I I I was technically at the Olympics. Um, I've had a I've had a big year. I haven't I haven't spoken to you guys since um around this time last last season where. There was a lot of upheaval and Voss was just installed as coach, I believe. But no, it's been a big year. It's been um, in and around doing some footy work, the T20 World Cups around the corner. So about to kick into a bit of that. But all right, I'm wearing this shirt because I got the opportunity earlier this year to head over to Israel and be a part of Team Australia at the uh, Maccabee Games, which essentially Jules is the Jewish Olympics. There's... Um, 10,000 competitors all around the world descend on Israel for two, three weeks and compete. And it's a massive, it's a massive event. It's, um, I think it's now the second largest sporting event in the world. So to have the opportunity to go over there and be part of the team that was bringing the media aspect of Team Australia to life, it was um, quite an amazing experience. Sensational. I I actually had no idea, but that's... uh... That's what that would be. That would have to be one of your one of your. I would assume one of the best experiences of your life, mate. Yeah, it was. I mean, you 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 hear so many stories about people that have gone to Maccabee and kept on going to Maccabee. Like we have, a, we had someone as part of the delegation who had been to about fourteen Maccabee games uh, in a row, and he just the the love of it just keeps on drawing him back and whether it's the competitions, the mateship and the camaraderie, bear in mind this, um, a lot of these guys are golfers and for, for them, it's a bit of a golf trip to go and play golf in the, um, in, um, Caesarea, but the relationships that you make, the experiences that you have, um, the, the, for me to get back to Israel, a place where I haven't been in so long and just get back and experience it in a totally different light. I went to, I went to the opening ceremony back in back on my gap year in 2013 and 
ever since then I was sort of sort of wondering how how am I going to be part of this I'm just um I, I like you not very um not very gifted on the sporting field so I had to try find, find my way in one way or another but managed to by the way the career path fell and work in the media and get a call from get a call from the people in charge to say well we are doing this how about how does this sound I'm just like hell yeah um, so and to I, be able to go I, along I'm assuming so, I'm assuming when you say uh, not on the gifted side of sport you're talking to me and not Jules right <laughs> Well, I've heard you start. Well, I heard you're starting to rate yourself as a bit of a golfer these days. So you never know. Yeah, Terry rates himself as everything, man. No, excuse me. The only thing that I've ever taken credit for over you or Dan is my golf ability, and that is it. There's nothing else. But yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. But I still uh, no, that's, that's to, sensational, to mate. What a, what a trip. I haven't, I haven't had an invite, Joe. To what? Golf? To you, you have yeah, many man, times. You have had an invite many times, and just like Dan, you're scared as well because you don't got, want me. You I don't got want the text message. Yeah, all right, that's all right. Well, <laughs> I've, I've got the text messages. I'll I'll release them to the world if you need me to. No, John. Yeah. Anyway, look, that, that, that's fantastic, mate. That's uh, and it's good good that you're joining us again. Before we get into some trade recap and trade news and 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 all of that, considering that you're in the media, it's, it'd be a good opportunity to uh to get you on during during trade week and towards the end of trade week. Uh. First and foremost, you're a Carlton man, and uh, we had a big year. Just your overall thoughts. Obviously, uh, I'm pretty sure I know what, what you're going to say in terms of how it all panned out, but how, how was it for you? How was the experience for, of 2022? It, uh, it really left me wanting more. I think from – and I think – so I think you guys have spoken a bit about the best and fairest and just from listening to some of the speeches, I think it took some time just like for everyone to the real, for the dust to settle and to everyone to sort of go like, is that really the way it ended after the way it started really, really promisingly. And then after what happened and you could see it sliding a little bit, but I think on the whole, I, I think I've settled in the camp where it's like, it's okay to sort of change your expectations from the middle of the year when you start so well and it's perfectly fine to adjust your expectations. So in that aspect, I think it was a failure that we didn't make the finals and we didn't go on because I'll, I'll be completely honest with you both, um, boys. There was maybe two finals games out of the whole lot that I'm sitting there watching there, watching them and I'm thinking, yeah, we can we can do this. We can we can hang at this level, like a hundred percent. And it it left me feeling a little bit a angry and and weird and like you know not not bitter, but just angry that we couldn't actually get there because I thought we really could have given it an interesting shake. Maybe not win the flag because I think Geelong proved that they were far and away the best team in it this year. But I definitely think we could have made it really interesting so it left me wanting more um funnily enough when we were talking about um Maccabea before um you're still watching it over there you're still finding the time to watch it so whether or not you're watching it 
on a bus or you're sitting in the hotel and you're gathered around and you've got people from other countries sitting and watching with you going, what is this sport? And you're trying to explain to um, the French um, the French guys and girls and it's just like, oh, this is the game that we play in Australia. And um, I, actually, I actually remember one day, and this is, um, you guys might resonate a little bit with this. It's just like with the ending of this story. It was, um, it was the game against GWS and that was possibly my busiest day because we had five medal matches on in different parts of the country. And being, being this main social media guy, you're there, you need to stream the netball and you need to make sure that all the results get out. And with the time difference, the game started at, six o'clock in the morning or something ridiculous so you're up and you're getting ready and you're listening to it and you're trying to sort everything out and then you're traveling to and you're thinking oh my god and it's just like the way that the Carlton games are panning out at that time of the year it's like your brain was going through a little bit of a roller coaster up and down and you're on the way to the venue and I'm listening to the game I'm getting messages from so many different people and I think this is the third quarter where it's just like this person's gone off injured and then this person's gone off injured I'm just like oh my god I can't deal with all this today. Was this was this the game was this the game down in Melbourne or, the, or was this the second game against GWS? No no this was the game down in Melbourne the second game the first game against GWS I was in Sydney but I couldn't yes. actually get to the ground that's yeah. a different story so anyway we get to the ground and we're all setting up and i've set up and i um there's no reception in the hall which um was another story as well but we get there it's the start of the final quarter i see we kick a couple of goals and i just fire off a text message to my brother he's living in brisbane uh, not brisbane he's living in sydney i just fire off a text message and it was just like how long to go I need this done before this day starts. Just the stress would have been way too much. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's true. And and I remember during that period, of, there was the game against, it was GWS and it was tight up until I think the fourth or midway through the third and we broke it open. Uh, the There was a game after that and I cannot remember who it was that was tight as well. And we'd just come off those losses against Richmond and Collingwood that were like nail biters and, I couldn't imagine. I mean, Jules was overseas at the time as well, but I couldn't imagine what it would be like if if uh, if you had that sort of schedule as well. Oh, it was nuts! And talk about being overseas. The Melbourne game, uh, Maccabee had finished by this point. I was in London, and I was waiting for. Um, I was I was going out for lunch, and I was holding up the group that I was going with because I was watching the Melbourne game, and I was up and about up until like the last few seconds of the game. I emerged from the room that I was watching it in. And this is after Cozzy's just done what he's done. And I look like I've been hit by a bus. Yeah. And we go we go out for lunch and I'm just sitting there. I'm like really depressed. And we end up going later. There's a bunch of boys that are Manchester boys, boys from Manchester. And it was just like we go to a pub. And they all happened to be Manchester United fans. And that was the day that, that Brentford um, got a hold of them for a zip by half time. So, so we're all the... pretty um, down and um, desolate it's by nice. half time oh. that game. Go, Jules. <laughs> no, I was just down in the slums off. Well, like, Arsenal's not doing too bad at the moment. So me and Joe are sort of riding the wave. Up um, at the moment. No, um, I'm, but... not a, I'm, not, I'm not a Man United fan, but I'm just like, don't worry, boys. I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Where to from here, though, um, Jono? So in terms of the um, – where do you think we need growth in our list, uh, in our playing style, in our coaching? What do you think – where do you think we need to improve to go to the next level? 
That's a loaded question, Jules. Um, I'm looking at the list and I'm just wondering what else does Nick Austin have in play? Because I'm looking at the I'm looking at what we have and I'm looking at who's possibly available. still yeah, who's well, not who's available. I'm more looking at the list of ins and outs. So at the moment it's only acres that have come in and we've had about eight or nine go off the list with the set of field transaction being completed recently. Ed Kerno is going to get another deal. Then I think that only leaves one more possibly in a state of limbo, which is Lucky Fogarty. And I'm just wondering, there has to be another play here. There's another couple of days to go unless Austin is planning on taking five or six players at the draft. You need to fill those spots some way, mm. somehow. Mm. So that's that's sort of the thing that's occupying my mind at the moment, just in terms of what is next. But in terms yeah. of the list, the list looks pretty sound. I think Acres was a needs get, which was understandable. And from there, you could almost see the writing being on the wall for um, one of Will Setterfield or Paddy Dow and... It fell Setterfield's way. I think Carlton had the problem, whereas they like to the, the person that I wanted to keep just didn't really have a contract. So that's why Will Setterfield ends up at the Essendon Football Club and Paddy Dow for now is still a Carlton player and for now will be a Carlton player next year. So I think that's just the way that it's fallen. But it's looking it's looking strong. Like, yeah, with Setters going out. I always liked what Will Setterfield had to bring to the table. He made it hard at times, but to properly believe in him, but I like what he brought to the table. So it does leave that inside group a little bit thin in terms of bigger bodies, but there are a few unknown commodities on our list as well that you could potentially throw in there for a couple of little bursts here and there and gives us a chance to find out a few more found find out about a few more players. Yeah, I think, Jono, in terms of what you were saying, in terms of the amount of list spots that are available and obviously only bringing acres in, um, whether we do go after a few delisted free agents, um, you know, obviously after trade period that are available because I just think in terms of known depth that potentially we did have a little bit of um, that were up to the level um, that could give something in terms of like, particularly the likes of Setterfield in the last couple of games. Um, I thought in, in terms of the inside mid, he did bring something. Um, not that that we didn't have anything, but in terms of depth, it, it was his performances were definitely there. Um, and Austin as well did say that we are going to be going to the draft and we're willing to trade up. So I'm just, I'm not sure whether he's sort of keeping his cards close to his chest or not. Have you heard anything in regards to that, whether we might be after a player or? It's interesting. I heard a little one yesterday that we were going to try and get Harry Sheasel, but I think with the mega deal going through just recently with the whole pick one yeah. and pick two changing hands, and I think that throws that all out of whack too. Obviously, you've got a situation here where – um. GWS are really, really keyed on Aaron Cadman, who is a young key forward, who's been described as um, the next great key forward as any young key forward coming in through the draft has. 
And whereas you've got North Melbourne who, God knows why, they'd trade out pick one and not take the key forward, which they so desperately need. But it gives them the opportunity to take two of the three next patch. And I'm no real expert on this year's draft, but it looks as if there's a top five and then the next 10 to 15 sort of really evens out and it's like you get one or the other. So whether or not we keep that pick 10 or we try get up as high as we can, I don't think Sheezel will be there. I think he'll go to North with one of those two picks that North have in the top three. But it still gives us an opportunity to try and get up. And now that we have a pick in every round of the draft, mate, wait, it, it remains to be seen. Remember, you can trade picks right up until that, the week before the national draft. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens from here. I don't, I don't know what it's going to do. It's one thing that Austin's been really, really good at is being really shrewd and knowing what is done and executing that plan. Uh, for me, it looks like, especially with Setters moving on today, after Harry signing the seven-year deal that he signed, we've brought in Acres, and it's really the only move that we've made, but we've we've locked up Harry, Charlie, Walsh, Cripps, Wiedering. TDK is the one that, that remains, but it looks like he'll he'll he's probably more likely to stay than not. It just looks like that we're, as, a, as, as an organisation, as a recruiting team, as, uh, as a club, it feels like with the lack of movement and the lack of, uh, I guess, involvement in trade period to this point from us, which is <laughs> so unlike us <laughs> considering the last few years. It just feels like maybe the club is looking at the list going, no, we're, we're good. Like this this is the group that will take us there and we don't need a big fish. We don't need another piece to come in. What we need is young talent underneath that to to come in and develop and then and play a role when they're called upon. Because if we've got seven list spots to fill from here, you're not taking seven players at the draft. Like you're probably taking four, two rookie picks and a supplementary in in the preseason. And and if that's the case from 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 a state league or something like that, if that's the case, it's fine. It, it's just a lot of faith that this club is putting into the current list and delisting the likes of for me anyway. Stocker, Setterfield, um, not trading Setterfield, but but all these players that have that have left, that were players, players. like that that would come into. Sorry, what was that? You're, you're sending Setterfield in a fourth rounder for a future fourth. It's practically yeah, that's right. Letting him yeah. pretty much walk for nothing. Like yeah. you, you're pretty much it, it's sending a very clear message to say, no, no, we'll back in this list and we'll back in our high performance department to to get this list healthy enough next year uh, and keep them healthy healthy enough for long enough to make sure that we've got our top twenty six available for the majority of the year. Yeah, and it comes back to being set in all areas of your club. So you obviously last year was such a big last year at the end of the year was such a big well, sorry. But twenty twenty one at the end of the year was such a big year in terms of changing everything and you're swapping presidents and you're swapping CEO and you're swapping new coach. But the playing list was relatively intact and you get to the start of twenty twenty two and the clubs say that this is going to be a transformational year and well, we didn't get what we wanted on the field, we pretty much got the transformation into this being a pretty sound and pretty well-run footy club for the most part. And you look at the way that they've set up the list and they've signed the list, you know, even even go back to January this year, we've had Walsh re-signed long-term, Charlie Kerno's re-signed long-term, Harry Mackay's re-signed long-term, and you've also done deals in the middle there for Matt Kennedy, Fisher, 
Um, you've bought in Cherry and Hewitt to your club and also Acres, and you've also signed Jack Carroll as well, who many have high hopes for. So you're doing a lot of good business there and it's all structured. It's no on a whim, let's just sign up Harry Mackay and give him as long as he wants and as much as he wants because he's an important player, ditto Charlie Curno. It's a really structured, measured way of doing it. So it's not that you've got a whole bunch of players coming out of contract at the same time. And, yeah, there are obviously a couple next year that could be looked at from other clubs or might be might be of no, of notice to another clubs to say, well, maybe we can get them out because that's ultimately what the rest of the competition do, does when you start putting together a good list and even looking at the likes of next year and the players coming out of contract next year. Mitch McGovern's coming out of contract next year. Paddy Dow's coming out of contract next year. Sam Doherty's coming out of contract next year. Jack Silvani, Brody Kemp. So you're going to need a little bit of cash and probably not as much as what you needed to satisfy the likes of Kerno, Mackay, Walsh and those types. But you will need some money to get the job done. And again, it's all those years as well of just being able to manage the cap and being able to manoeuvre things here and there and just be really, really clever, which is something that we haven't really been in the past and really ever since Nick Austin's come in, it's something that has really, really set us apart from other clubs. Mm-hmm. From, from there, from there, from the list that um, Johnny just mentioned, I don't see many players actually leaving. No. Yeah, no, the only player, I, I don't know if you missed him out, but it was TDK. I think he comes out of contract next year as well. He does. He does. Um, do you, he's what he's do you pretty, think, much, he's pretty yeah. much the last one. Well, in terms of the important pieces moving forward, yeah, yeah it is interesting to note that TDK and Pitney are both out of contract next year. So yeah, it's a very – yeah, it's an interesting one. And you – you know that the, the offers will come. There's the lure of playing with his brother down the road. There's um, there's so many options, and TDK's hardly scratched the surface of what he can what he can do. Is shown in glimpses, but we've never it's never really properly come together for him yet. So it's really it's a big year for him in in that sense of the word too. To be able to come in and be able to put a year together that can command the big dollar that. Charlie got and like Harry got, yeah, is at a bit of a different stage of his career than those two who are all Australian Coleman medalists and Tom's still trying to make his way. So it's going to be interesting, but it is probably the big one. But just to go through the list of who's out of contract, it's McGovern, Plowman, Phil Dow, Doherty, Deconing, Pitonade, Newman, Kemp, Silvani, Young, Dirt and Honey, Cunningham, Marchbank. So yes. a lot of those, are you pardon? That's a massive so, year next year. Yeah, it's a massive year. It's not as big as it was this year when you had the likes of. Um, true, true. Yeah, not not. But, yeah. But so with that, with with that said, some of the names like Silvani and and Kemp and McGovern and and those types, like even though they're not the names of, of Charlie and and Harry and Cripps and Walsh and whatnot, like if you don't have those role players, if they don't stick around, they are very, very, mm. very difficult to replace in a system that they've been in for so long. So while you say it's not as big a year as what we had this year in terms of maybe the names, I feel like with the amount of names that were there and the types of players that are coming out of contract, if we don't sign the majority of those up, we're going to struggle to fill like to fill the void of those mm. players. I, I it's, interesting. it's interesting too because, like, you know, good teams and probably – 
with other good teams, usually once they do win um, like a premiership or they're in that window, they generally do lose a couple along the way as well. Mm. well we, haven't yeah. lost, we, we haven't lost a big name or like a, a middle six player to this point, really. Like we've lost the Samo petrovsky Seaton along the way. We've lost um, setters obviously earlier today as well. But in terms of like a, a Harry or a Chuck, like when Buddy Franklin left Hawthorne, like we haven't lost a name yet, which is in, which is super impressive to this point, but also worrying considering the likes of TDK and Jay Sauce and McGovern and whatnot are coming out of contract and it could be a year where we do lose a couple, like you said, Jules. No, you're right. And again, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be on the list management team that really never stopped. It's going to be continuing to work on that. You'd think that off those lists that the coning is the number one priority for them to sign up and really shore up. But it's going to be a wait and see to see how it all goes and just who they prioritise and also who they bring in in the draft. And for, for some of those guys as well, like Sam Pilton used to get on the park, Brody Kemp needs some game time so we know exactly what he's going to be and how he's going to fit into this system long-term. Ditto Cunningham, Marchbank as well. I know he played the last few games of the year and showed what he can do. He just needs to show it on a really consistent level. So there's a lot of guys, while it is a big list, Joe, and I agree that it is another big year, but every, every year is big for clubs and players coming out of contract. It's a lot of players fighting for their own careers and they really need to show whether or not it's at the AFL level or VFL level, that they can actually get on the park. For sure, for sure. Before uh, before we let you go, you are you are closely, well, more closely linked than either of us to the news and the happenings, and you touched on it a little bit before, but we've got – this is being recorded on a Monday night. We've got Tuesday and Wednesday left for trade period. Uh, outside of Carlton, or even if it does include Carlton, is there anything – uh, bubbling that is not being widely spoken about to this point that that should or could get done that you know of coming up? And do you think, I know you touched on it a little bit, but do you think we have a play up our sleeve outside of trying to move up the draft order? I think we're done just in terms of um, um, pure transactions. I, I tweeted earlier today that you'd, you'd think that, you'd honestly think that today was deadline day given some of the deals that got done. We had Rankin get done today, um, Luke Jackson get done today, pick one, Jason Orn Francis, some of the biggest names in the trade view. Now, there's still there's still a lot going on in terms of Josh Dunkley that will go to the wire. Brody Grundy's taking a little bit. Tom Mitchell just keeps bubbling along, and though he hasn't requested a trade, it's um, expected that he will find his way to the Collingwood Football Club next year, which is another midfielder for Collingwood to recruit, um, which is... Um, which will be interesting for them. Um, don't really know. Um, in terms of us, look, I'd be surprised if we did anything else. Um, but with that being said, don't don't count us out. I think there's all, there's always something going on with the Carlton Football Club, and I think it might happen. But it might also be pretty calm deadline day for all of us, and then it's on to the draft and trying to work out who you can get and if, whether or not we get up the draft order or not. Um, you'll still be able to get a quality player at pick 10, which is something that we haven't done in the last couple of years. We haven't been in the first round, I think, since the Kemp and Philp 
draft yep. a couple yep. of years back. So it'll be good to get back and pick amongst the cream again and really see what we can do. I mean, at pick 10, Jules, I know you're, and I'm also big on this kid, Elijah Hewitt looks like he could be there at 10 if we do stay at pick 10, who's a, an explosive sort of midfielder. Um, and it's probably the player that we need, to be honest, pretty silky by foot. But as you mentioned earlier, if there is a rumour that we're after Harry Sheasel, he's going to go in the top four. I, I, for me, it looks like it's going to be Ash, Ashcroft. So, I mean, the indicative draft draft order at the moment is uh, Jediverse pick one, North with pick two, North with pick three, Essendon pick four, Gold Coast pick five. Sheasel will go in that top four because Brisbane will ultimately match a bid for Ashcroft at one, you would think. JWS will slide to pick two, North to pick three and four. And JWS, if, if they're that keen on Cadman, who's that key forward from big country, he'd go at two. North will probably take Wardlaw at three. And then I'm assuming if they keep four, um, Harry Sheas will be, he'll be next, next cab off the rank to North as well. So we're going to need pick four, well, pick three at the moment as it stands mm. from North if we do it. And I just don't, I don't see how we've got the capital to, to pride away from him, to be honest. No, I don't, I don't see it happening. Sheasel won't get yeah. past pick four i don't i don't think um which yeah. which will be very interesting for a family of hawthorne supporters to see him running around in the red and black i hope for i hope that doesn't happen because no, i think i think he'll get to north i reckon with north with pick three well it'll become three and four they've got two and three but it will become three and four after yeah. Ashcroft gets taken at one mm. i think he'll he'll get to north he's a he's sheasel is a he's a kind of look at rochelle and i look at sheasel in a similar way like really really crafty uh, half forward type that can probably have patches in the midfield down the track, but doesn't need too many opportunities to uh, to break a game open as yeah. we sort of saw in the under 18 carnival. I feel the only way North probably would trade is if they wanted to make one of those pick and split them up. Well, yeah. I mean, the only way that or I can see first this year and a, and, a, and a first next year. That's the only way that I can see us doing it is giving pick 10 and next year's first to get to pick three or four. To be honest, it, it all it, it it all comes down to list spots, um, Jules. As I, as I said before, with yeah. us, like we've got we've got a lot that they really need to fill to fill North Melbourne. It's not quite like a few years ago where they went absolutely cut the list de deep and they needed to and as many draft picks as they could get in. Like they've only delisted, I think, a handful of players this year, and obviously Jason Hon Francis leaving today. So they. They need to fill some spots on the the list too, but they've already bought in a couple via the trade, and they'll have a pretty decent hand at the draft now. So it's just going to be a matter of how they can manoeuvre it. Look, I'm sure if there's a way for Carlton to get it done, they'll look at every option to try get it done. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. Beautiful, mate. Really appreciate you coming on. It's uh, it's good to see you. It has been a little while, uh, but. Good luck with everything at uh, at the Inner Sanctum. Good luck with um, what what I can only assume is going to be another big year for you next year. Uh, and we will we'll chat again. We'll have you back on. No worries, boys. It's great to be back. Thanks for thanks for everything and love the podcast. It was great. Um, thanks for the early drop as well. For them, by the way, when I was flying home, I really appreciated it. Yeah, so. that's all right, mate. All good. All good. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll catch you soon, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Jono. Take care, mate. All right. So, as you heard, maybe a little bit of movement coming up for the rest of the trade period. Uh, Blues unlikely to be involved, which we sort of thought, I guess, Jules. But, um, mm. yeah, interesting chat with Jono, as always. 
No, of course. Um, obviously, it's, it's good to get a bit of intel, something that um, potentially that we might not be able to get our hands on as well. Um, and he, like you said, he feels like as if, you know, Austin's a little bit shrewd and potentially we do have something up our sleeve, um, which, you know, potentially maybe in the past we haven't really done so. Well, we move from uh -huh. one guest to another. And he's, as I say, every time he comes on, he's the punters, known as the punters prince. <laughs> uh, you know him you know him from the jumper punch as, as one third of, of that riffraff. <laughs> and now, and now I, can, I can also say you know him as the voice of SEN overnights, Mr. Paul Sebastiani. How are you, mate? I'm, I'm very well, uh, Joey. I'm, I'm uh, going well, mate. I've, I've just woken up, mate, getting ready for another night shift. So it's a it's a perfect way to start my day with, with you and Jules, mate. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> How are you structuring up your days now? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's more like you sort of, you get in, I'm probably out of there by like 3.30 in the morning, in bed by like 5 and then up by like, I don't know, midday one o'clock yeah. something like that so yeah just it just depends and then maybe i'll have like a nap after that or something like that just to just to get myself ready for the night so but it's good fun mate it's the best, best job in the world so i can't, you, really, uh, can't you, really complain have you blacked out the curtains in the bedroom not yet no mate <laughs> trust me when i say it helps it, yeah it I, reckon it, I reckon it might i reckon i'm gonna have to do that i've got the blind here actually the one on the outside the awning that i might have to that I might have to pull down. Actually, if not, I'll just I'll get some electronic, some electrical blinds or something like that. But I reckon I might have to. Get, I reckon I might have to get something like that. I'll take your advice for it. Well, before we get into the blues talk and whatnot, yes. it, it'd be remiss of us not to ask how it's all going and and how it all came about. And and obviously you're enjoying it. I, I don't have to ask you that. It would be absolutely the best job in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It, it's it. Well, I left. When did I left Bet Deluxe at the start of August? uh and then the opportunity arose i was i was actually doing some stuff with racing.com funnily enough and then um this opportunity came up and i'm like oh, geez i can't i can't knock this back this is just mm. this is just too good this is the door, door into where i've always wanted to be and uh yeah now i sort of do do all the hosting do all the interviewing do all the producing and all that for it and um you know taking taking talkbacks really good as well um you know you get people sort of at like midnight to one o'clock to two o'clock wanting to talk over the phone which is i mean it's 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 the best mate it's it's um yeah yeah uh, like i think that the best thing about it is that like when i sort of came, when it came about and like you sort of i think it's like you know any job interview you go in you're confident with what you do and all that and then you, you know when it's you just know when it's the right fit if that makes sense yeah you know like because and like they're asking me questions and they're like you know you know, oh, you know, do you, this this was the one that got me, and I think the one that got me over the line. They're like, oh, they asked me, they're like, oh, you know, how do you think, you know, how do you think you're going to go? You know, you got a four hour show, you know, you're going to have to speak for forty minutes of an hour by yourself, blah 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 blah. I'm like, I do a show on Carlton, talking just about Carlton for four hours straight on a Sunday afternoon. Like, if you can talk about Carlton for four hours straight, I go, you're going to have no problem talking about anything. We we struggle at times to get to get a podcast to an hour. I don't know how you boys at the jumper punch do four hours, three hours. Mate, it's just, I, it mate, I'll tell you really. what. I think, mate, I said to my guy, I'm gonna have to be sponsored by Beyond Blue if I keep talking about carbon <laughs> over bloody going, mate. <laughs> Jesus Christ, mate. And it still goes. It still goes. How are you boys doing? How are you boys right. going? 
No, I'm, I, we're all right. I'm, I'm all right. Along, I'm, really? I'm hey, the Gunners. The Gunners are firing. Oh, mate. mate. <laughs> How good was last night? Wait, huge. Well, now I'm doing because now obviously I've got the overnight crowds, but on the weekends, they've been getting me to do the Premier League show. So I've been oh, anchoring nice. that, which has been, oh, mate, it was the best. Like the, the first game we did, the first game I did last week was Arsenal Tottenham, which mm-hmm. is like, mate, like you just game. can't beat it. This so week, this weekend it was Arsenal Liverpool. And then the first shift I actually ever did on air, taking talk back at SEN, was after the Collingwood prelim loss. Oh, <laughs> I've had like three of the best, mate, it's just the best. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Might be a Carlton Grand Final next year. <laughs> hey, that'd, that'd be sensational. That, that would genuinely be dream come true. You never know. Speaking of the Blues, let's get your thoughts on uh, on the season that was. I don't think we've had you on since the season finished, and you know, no. yeah. uh, you've shared. I know if anyone watches the Jumper Punch, and you got it, you got you'll have a few listeners here that do watch the Jumper Punch that have probably heard this. But uh, go, say what you need to say. Oh, look, a very, very, very disappointing end to the season, and it was. I don't think, in any uncertain terms, it was. It was a failure on what the club set out to achieve coming into this season with regards to... Mate, every, every, the goal was finals. I don't care what anyone says, man. The goal was finals. But I think as the month has gone on since that Collingwood loss and since the abrupt end of the year, I think I've sort of put a little bit more of a factor into the injuries we had. And I, I, mate, I went through it properly uh, last week and the week before, and I just... Every week there's something. Every week there's, a, there's two or three changes or three or four, and we're not talking like to blokes who may be fringe players. We're talking about all our top liners. Weedering went down. Mackay went down. Williams went down. McGovern went down. Martin, we can never get right. Uh, Walsh went down. Kennedy went down. Hewitt went down. Mate, Pitternet went down. Like, yeah. what do you say? And Kennedy, Kennedy, and Hewitt are probably two of our most important players because they missed the last four weeks, and we just look like a complete shell of what we were mm. you know in, in the front half of the year so I, I think from that perspective I, I, and you could you could hear it and Voss sort of he's been mentioning it but he hasn't said it directly which tells me that I think that this is true that when he first walked in he just said like these blokes are just not physically ready for co- like for combative football for finals yeah. football and and I think and I think that's where the standard has come in and they've said, look, like you're going to be brutalised, right? But if you want to win flags and you want to be up there in the top four, well, mate, you've got to, you've got to get your body bashed, you know, whether it's running, whether it's, you know, a contested type of play, which we've now adopted, which is, mate, it's been exciting to watch. Like I don't think we've had a game this year, aside from maybe the, maybe the Adelaide game, that we haven't really been like, okay, maybe the Gold Coast game, which made those Gold Coast games, we just write off. Like we, we just can't, we can't travel. We can't travel north of Sydney. Just forget mm. it. Mm. Any game in Brisbane or Gold Coast, just pen. Um, it's true. Yeah. It's oh, true. mate, it's just ridiculous. But I think the, the injuries were, were a massive, massive factor. And then I think the, I think they just looked a little bit, I don't think they'll barbecue towards the end of the season, but I think what they went through this season, just from a physical standpoint of view, I think, and Voss keeps alluding to this, is that they're going to benefit from it next season and in the seasons to come. So, look, I, I think I think we can make some damage and we can do some damage in 2023 if, with an asterisk, the, the list stays fit. I mean, look at all the top teams this year, boys. 
Well, you mentioned this is you know, this is the thing, and you mentioned you mentioned the injuries, right? And we spoke about this throughout huge. the Eagles as well. But like, yeah, Melbourne Melbourne lost Stephen May after winning ten games straight, and I think they won they won as many games as what we did in the second half of the year after one injury, let alone six or seven to their top line. It's like yeah. at some at some point the damn wall breaks, and I am on reflection like you, uh, Paolo. I am uh, staggered that we won as many games as we did. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. I think if you, and especially with the demographic of the list as well, I think we're the fifth youngest in the league, which, I mean, like, I don't really, not that you don't buy into that, because I don't think being young absolves you from winning, but it does, you know, it's definitely a factor in games where you look at a team like Geelong, you look at a team like Sydney and all the big players that step up, they're all 150, 200 plus gamers. I think, I think our most experienced player is Krupa. I reckon yeah. he might be. I think from yeah. a case perspective, no, 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 for sure. Yeah. So sure. look, I mean that that has to count for something, definitely, especially in those, <clears> you know, that, those those moments against Melbourne and Collingwood, those big moments where we just didn't have that. Is that leadership in those moments to mm. say, "Right, boys, just calm the farm a bit." You know? Yeah, I, I feel like as if Paulo, like in terms of what you're saying, is obviously with the, like the health standpoint of the list, mm. um, you know. I think we have we we discussed this before on many occasions. You know, when you have an average of thirteen players missing week in week out mm-hmm. from round six onwards, and I think we had I think it was like seventeen players um, that missed the, over a month of football. Um, in terms of continuity, in terms of injury and health standpoints, in terms of those kinds of players when they do come back, are they carrying it still? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of um, their form as well, are they going to be able to get back into it when they were um, playing? Uh, there's a lot of factors, obviously, in terms of you know having the fifth youngest list. Mm. Um, you know, none of them really playing finals. Um, so I think it's a, a accumulation of all these factors that are all almost coming together, um, mm. and then obviously playing a part in terms of obviously potentially making finals or not making finals. And it's not an excuse, right? Like we're not sitting here making no. it the excuse no. that we miss finals. No. It's not, but it's reality. Like it, yeah. the fact that 17 players missed over a month of football this year for us is reality. And it's not an excuse for us missing because we, sh- we should have banked a couple of wins a lot earlier. Yeah. But the game against the Saints and the game against the Crows especially. Like mm-hmm. that, you can't drop go- those games regardless of who you got at your disposal. But when it does come to crunch, to your point, Guys like George Hewitt, who come from a system in Sydney that know how to get it done, you're telling me in those crunch moments against Melbourne and against Collingwood when we needed just a little sideways kick or someone in traffic just to be clean and get a handball out to someone that, that was in space and calm us down, you're telling me George Hewitt wouldn't have made a difference? Come on, man. Yeah. You're kidding yourself. No, of course. And I think I think the big one too is Matt Kennedy. I think every time he didn't play or when he got subbed out in that Adelaide, I think we're 0-5 yeah. without him. Which is, yep. you know, mm-hmm. you talk about important players in the cog, you know, he's he's definitely one of those. So, yeah. you know, it's as you said, it's not, and this is by in no means excusing them for missing the eight. It's definitely a factor, you know. But again, I think that that you can't go back. And what what the one thing that frustrated me was not the, I mean, injuries are part of football. Obviously, it's a frustrating. But the one thing that frustrated me a lot in the last four rounds was just the rhetoric from the club and what the leaders kept saying. Oh, you know, yeah, we we did, we were we were eight and two. We have played good football, man. I don't care about what you've done. Tell me how you're going to rectify what's going on now. Which it started to creep back in a little bit towards the back end of the season. But they what the one bloke they need to keep away from the microphone, weedering, mate. Just go, <laughs> mate. Just go, go and play, mate. Just go and play, mate. 
Just let the others do the talking, mate. Him, Mackay, just leave them away from the microphone at the moment. But, um, you know, they can't go back into ego mode and say, oh, you know, oh, yeah, you know, we, we played some good footy, you know, in the first half of the season, blah, 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 blah. If they take that mindset into this year, then they'll never improve. You know, they, they've got, I think they've got to take the mindset in that, okay, well, we know we're probably good enough. We've definitely got the talent because all the individual accolades that the boys received towards the back end of this year clearly showed that. But, you know, we, we need to start, as they said, raising the standard too and saying, okay, well, when things go wrong, what, what are we putting in place to make sure that these things don't happen? And then conversely, reversing you know, what, what happened. Because the moment the, the Adelaide game happened, mate, the danger signs went off. Not for me in that game. Because that game was rectifiable, right? Every team has a bad week, right? The problem was after the game, I think, mate, no one's addressed the bloody boss. Like, what's going on here? So, Bossy's sort of done it towards the back end or towards postseason and in postseason, which is good. But now it's just a bit like, you've got to show it now. Like, there's no, there's no excuses now. That's it. It's done. Mm. It's done. Yeah. Well, great. Oh. In terms, in terms of the, you know, obviously this year's done and you know it's done and buried really. Yep. But yep. like you said, we really need to rectify next year and even this mm. year. Um, I feel like as if we had a top eight list, even yeah. higher, in my, in my in my opinion, um, and probably in a lot of people's opinion. But next year, where, you know, obviously in being as reasonable as possible, where do you think us sitting next year? Where should we be? Where should we be? Oh, definitely. Should we be? Definitely in the argument for top four. Definitely. I think we should we if if all if we could have a clean bill of health injury wise to our top liners and then as well like pickups and there's some really, really handy players in this draft around our first round and second round picks that can have like immediate impact, like a motlop. I'm talking mm-hmm. like come like straight into the team and just go bang. Um, there's no, mate, there's no reason uh, with what we've done this year that, that we can't be challenging for, we should be challenging for the flag. And I, I think a hundred percent that last yeah. bit, because, the, because we missed, we missed the eight this year and it's not, now it's not about, all right, well, that's still something we've got to do. No, no, yeah. no. Like you missed your chance to, to get finals experience. We got finals experience, finals like experience in that last yeah. two weeks. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah, use yeah. in pressure moments when we yeah. get to finals now to say we don't have the experience. We do. They, they played through those moments. They made the mistakes. They know what they need to do next time. Next year is not about making finals and winning a final. Next year is, is about how far can we go? Like yeah. that's that's the question is how far can we go? It's not that's that's the cap and that's where we're at at the moment. Yeah. How far it's, can we push ourselves? The yeah. thing is, that, we actually yeah. brought it as well against those yeah. teams. Yeah, yeah. With I with think, like we said, half a list. Yeah, <laughs> really. exactly. And that's you know? it's you know the most frustrating thing is what if it's all about what if what if what if that that's the worst thing as a supporter. Worst thing. Mm. Oh yeah. No, well. Uh, for me personally, I've moved on. Uh, I'm looking forward to next year because I, I can't see a reality where it yeah. goes tip up. I just can't. And I'm not. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this as as uh, as being just with blind faith anymore. Like we've said this before, is like, oh, we're gonna next year's the year. It, it's this. That's not where this is coming from. Like we've seen it now. We know it's there. Like we've spoken about the last 15 minutes. You get the list right. We've got faith in the list, obviously, with the, with the contracts that we're signing, the extensions that we're signing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We're not making big plays in trade period. We're not making big plays in free agency. They're backing this list in to just take it as far as possible. And next year could be the year. Like, 
for all intents and purposes, get it right. We can take it to every single team in this comp. Yeah, exactly. And now, now they've got at least they've got a game plan and style in place that you know is going to bring it most weeks or not. And I think that'll instill some belief in in the players as well. Is that okay? Well, what what the coaches are actually telling us works. You know, now it's just about you. I mean, you need the right personnel to be able to execute it as well, don't you? So, you know, I think we spoke about. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it, I, I agree. We we need to push up as high as we can. And I know internally, I, I'm you know, I mean, not to, I'm not, not going to name names, obviously, or leak or anything like that, because it's not that's not what I like to do. But um, I know internally, the aim will definitely be to go top four. Um, but I think you also saw Vossi said say it in the BNF speech where he said like we're not we're not there to try to gain 0.3 of a percent or get a game. We need to find three or four extra games. That's our goal, not 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 0.3 of a percent, which which was which was really pleasing to hear. That is, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you make? Um, obviously, we've got Acres. Um, mm-hmm. What do you make of the the trade um, so far in terms of how we're going, particularly in terms of list management? Because we do have, um, you know, I think there's probably about six or seven spaces at the moment, um, and I don't know how many draft picks we got. Probably about five or six or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm assuming we're not going to be taking that many at the draft and, and whatnot. Um, but what do you make of it? And where do you see us going from here? Yeah, I like what Nick Austin has done so far. I think he's done a pretty shrewd job. And I don't, where's, I don't understand where this talk about like, oh, we're going to have oh, it's salary cap issues, salary cap. Where's all that? Like, no, no one knows what any of these players are on. Like, we can only assume that. You know, mm. the, the top liners are on, yeah, we would say for argument's sake over a period of time that they'd be on anywhere from 700 up, something something like that, which is, you know, what's I think that's the average standard average wage or salary in the AFL is like 350, 360, something yeah, like that. I think, yeah, so from a list management perspective, I don't think we've done anything wrong there. And I think there's all these things with salary cap. You know what the salary cap is, and it's going to increase in the next couple of years anyway because of the broadcasting rights. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't see where people are getting in, getting there, you know, getting all frustrated about that. But uh, I think from a player perspective, I think Setterfield going out today, I, you know, I mean, it's he's one of those players where if you could try and get something for him, he's a fringe player towards the back end. Of the I was a bit disappointed to lose him. I thought he yeah. showed some. I thought he showed really good form towards the back end of last season, and the club were definitely happy to offer uh, him a contract. We know that, but. At the end of the day, I mean, if you're going to go and get a pick for someone like him and use it on a 18 year old kid, or maybe try to bolster your way up in the draft, then I'm all, all for that as well. But um, contracts, Harry signed up, perfect. Charlie signed up, perfect. All the, all the the core with which you need to be sustainably successful for for the next five to six to seven years. That core of play, they're all locked in. Mm-hmm. So you know they've done a fantastic job that in with regards to all that. And now I think. The next phase for us is trying to bring in some young kids and really attack the draft hard because it's what it's what we need. You know, you look at all the all the premiership winning teams and the majority of their grand final teams, it's you know, sixteen to seventeen to eighteen players that are drafted, not recruited. Mm. You know, so that's what we need to really target hard. And I think that's what they've realized from a list demo, list demographic point of view, too. So um I think we're done with getting all these big name play. We've got the big names, we drafted them. The big names we drafted, it's funny, isn't it? Everyone goes, oh, we've got to go recruit all these big names. And then you go to the draft and the blokes that are on the front pages, they're all from the draft. Cripper, Kerno, Wiedering, Harry, mm. 
you know, it's it's funny, isn't it? So, um, you know, Nick Austin's going to, I think they're going to try and move their way up in the order from what people were saying. Whether or not that happens, we'll see. But this draft looks pretty strong um, later on as well. And I think we've positioned ourselves very nicely now. I like it. I like it. We're backing ourselves yeah. in. That's it. It's yeah. just time to back ourselves in, back in the development first and foremost, which we haven't been confident in for a number of years. Mm. If if these kids that we draft now can come into a, a, a culture, which I don't know if either of you have, sp- have listened to Harry's interview with Dill Buckley that released today, but he spoke about the difference between when he walked into the club in 2014 or 15, whenever it was versus now and this year. So he, he literally said they're polar opposites. He said the, the place that I walked into was was i think i'm paraphrasing but he's the general gist was he walked into a club where it was embarrassing to do the extras oh really that was the vibe that was that was it's pretty much what he said is it was embarrassing to be a footy head about all the way back in 2015 and what you'd be looked at as as uh, you know as, as I guess someone that just didn't fit that culture that we had at the time. So bringing in kids now that are in a culture where he's, he's described it as, you know, if you're not putting in the extras, then what are you doing here? You bring kids into a system that, that know how to win or that we can see knows how to win. It's, it's a lot more exciting than getting number one picks and just hoping they turn into, you know, generational yeah. talent. Well, it's not, it's not just going to happen, is it? Like, and, I think Harry does that running project or something that he does, which he posts mm. every now and again in the off season, which is good. And, you know, I think Mossy even said it too. He goes, you know, look, look, we've missed the eight by the barest of margins, but this is this all now comes down to do that extra, do that extra recovery session, do that extra set shot session, maybe go for that extra jog, maybe go for that extra running session, maybe do that extra weight session that you might have missed if you had gone out in the piss last night or something like that. So you know, all these little incremental improvements, it's its its what I call, it's compound interest. These little things you do now, like you might not see it, but then it just improves like that. It just improves out of sight when it does. So, yeah. You know, and I think this is the frustrating thing too. People go, oh, you know, what do you know about the internal standards of the club, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, you just see them out on the field, really. Mm. You know, the, the standard was definitely raised this year. I mean, you know, Blind Freddy could have seen that because we went from, 14th or wherever or wherever we were last season to, to ninth. So there has been improvement, obviously. But I think the now the, the thing now is to take that improvement and spike it again. And that's going to come from, as I said, making sure do do those extra recovery sessions, do those extra little bits and pieces that opposition teams might not be doing. So, you know, instead of having that beer, maybe go for an extra run. And that's, like, that's like, what I'm instilling. That's like the the awesome foursome back in the day, whenever it was the Olympic team, where I think they they all I don't know if anyone knows the story about them, but they they basically the rowing team they all made a pact basically to say whatever you can do to make us even one percent better, do mm-hmm. yep. do it. And if it means not having that extra piece of bread, if it means not having a beer, if it means not going out on a Saturday night, don't do it. And they ended up getting to the Olympics and winning gold after not even, I think, qualifying the year prior. So those one percenters, man, like you can't, like you said, you compound them and you compound them, and it is just bound to happen. Like it is bound to happen. Yeah, no, spot on. And I, I think the other thing is as well, you, you've got to have the right people in the right places to be able to instill that. And it's no, again, it's no shock that. Voss, Sayers and Cook have come in as the helm in their positions and things have suddenly improved 
and there, there looks to be some hope at the end of the tunnel. So I think from that perspective, we just need to keep getting better better people in those spots. And that includes on the field as well. And we saw that with, to go back to the trade period with Akers. He's a step up on Newman. He's probably going to be our best winger. Like arguably now on numbers, he's he's our best winger. So that's that's all you can do. You just got to improve in every single facet. Yeah. Are you um going in terms of getting play or obviously in terms of leadership, obviously off field, um, you know, on field we've got the likes of obviously Cripper, Walsh, Weedering in mm-hmm. terms of the leaders. Um are you going down the line of um, potentially getting someone a bit more experienced on field as well, or you're so, you're you're not of um, that sort of mindset. Yeah, I, I think I think in the emotion of that Collingwood loss, I was all about geez, the experience just let us down. I'm like, geez, it'd be nice to go out and get a premiership listed player just to give them a little bit of guidance on the field in those certain situations. Mm. But I think when I look back at it and. I thought to myself, nah, no, no, no. You you could probably, and this is where you look at it too and you go down, well, maybe going down the draft path is actually not the worst idea because these are young players who know, you know, they, they, they don't know about losing at AFL level. So they come in and bring this, you know, it's this new energetic energy. So do we out go out and That Collingwood game, have a look at Motlop in that third quarter. No, it was electric. It was, it was yeah. incredible. So, it's you, know, point, it, you know, it's it's either one way or the other. You've got to go hard one way or hard the other way. You can't, I don't think you can be in between in no man's land with that thing. So the club has clearly said, no, no, it's all draft now, which, which I like, you know, make, you know, you've got two lanes, pick a lane. Don't go down the fork because you'll end up smashing into the bloody barrier that separates it. So, yeah. Um, you know, look at, I mean, look at Richmond. They had no premiership players on there list when they went bang, 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 um, you know. So, uh, it, you know, and Brisbane went out and got, you know, they got Hodgie and Virgil and they have won a flag. So, True. you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm against that now. I'm like, whatever we've got now is great. You either supplement, now we've got to supplement it with draft picks. So I'm not not against getting a premiership player, but it doesn't, it doesn't phase me really. Fair. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Well, I'm... It's been a pleasure, mate, as as always, yeah. to have you on. Yes, yeah, definitely. Good luck. Good luck with the night shift tonight. If anyone, if anyone listening, this releases on a Tuesday, but I know you do Tuesday nights as well. If anyone listening, yeah. uh, if they're bored from the hours of eleven p.m. to three a.m., they can't find yeah, themselves yeah. sleeping. Tune into SEN. Exactly. I'll be on. Uh, yeah, I'll be on. I'll be on on Wednesday. I've, I've got a long one on Wednesday night because trade period finishes. And the moment trade period finishes, I'm on air doing the post-trade period show from like 9 to 12. So right. call up, mate. The, 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 the talkback's going to be – it's going to be insane. When we sign Tom Tom Mitchell at the 11th hour and pay him <laughs> 800000 a year, you can get on the line and, uh, wow. and talk to him. I'm, I'm already losing enough here, mate. I don't need to lose more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure mate thanks for coming on we'll, uh, no worries, on. appreciate it boys enjoy take it take easy, easy mate. Ciao, hey, have a good one ciao and that's there it go. there you go hey good uh, look it's been a different sort easy of show listening. today hey easy listening isn't it I hope so I hope for the listeners it has been easy listening it's been a bit of a different show you don't have Dan Thought we'd try try something a little bit different. Hopefully, hopefully, if you're listening and you're still listening, you've uh, you've liked the format. Me and Jules can only talk so much. We've spoken enough throughout the year. 
We'll try and bring you bring you some more guests to finish out the year. I don't know how many more episodes we've got. Maybe maybe another two or three in us. But uh, it's been a pleasure again, Jules. And uh, until next week, man. That's it, Bella. Up the baggers. Up the baggers. Up the baggers.